Dear Lord in heaven, thank you for giving us another opportunity to study your word. Please grant us graciously of your spirit. Grant us understanding. Help us, Lord, to have the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that your word may be open to us and that we may know you and have a saving knowledge of you. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. January 10. Divine enmity in the soul. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Adam and Eve stood as criminals before their God, awaiting the sentence which transgression had incurred. But before they hear of the thorn and the thistle, the sorrow and anguish which should be their portion, and the dust to which they should return, they listened to words which must have inspired them with hope. Though they must suffer, they might look forward to ultimate victory. God declares, I will put enmity. This enmity is supernaturally put and not naturally entertained. When man sinned, his nature became evil and he was in harmony and not at variance with Satan. The lofty usurper, having succeeded in seducing our first parents as he had seduced angels, counted on securing their allegiance and cooperation in all his enterprises against the government of heaven. But when Satan heard that the seed of the woman should bruise the serpent's head, he knew that though he had succeeded in depraving human nature, yet by some mysterious process God would restore to man his lost power and enable him to resist and overcome his conqueror. It is the grace that Christ implants in the soul that creates the enmity against Satan. Without this grace, man would continue the captive of Satan, a servant ever ready to do his bidding. The new principle in the soul creates conflict where hitherto had been peace. The power which Christ imparts enables man to resist the tyrant and usurper. Whenever a man is seen to abhor sin instead of loving it, when he resists and conquers those passions that have held sway within, there is seen the operation of a principle holy from above. The Holy Spirit must be constantly imparted to man, or he has no disposition to contend against the powers of darkness. Shall we not accept the enmity which Christ has placed between man and the serpent? We have a right to say, in the strength of Jesus, I will be a conqueror. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Divine Enmity in the Soul. We saw yesterday a sad day in the universe, the day that Adam and Eve chose to distrust God, they gave their allegiance to Him. 
In Genesis 3 verse 9 down to verse 15, we see what took place next. It says, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now verse 15 is our focus. It says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. We need to understand what happened to Adam and Eve after they listened to the serpent. Disobedience has its consequences, and the consequences are huge. As we read in our devotion from That I May Know Him, page 14, paragraph 5, yesterday, it said how attentively the angels listened to the words of Satan, the originator of sin, as he sought to make of non-effect the law of God through his deceptive reasoning, how anxiously they waited to see if the holy pair would be deluded by the tempter and yield to his arts. They asked themselves, will the holy pair transfer their faith and love from the father and son to satan will they accept his falsehood as truth end of quote now that question there tells us what happened to adam and eve they transferred their faith and love from the father and son to satan and that had huge consequences as the holy pair chose to listen to satan he accordingly became their God, because it's a rule. Romans 6 verse 16, Know ye not, that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But to be a subject of Satan is different from being a subject of God. I take it for granted that we've understood so far, that when Adam and Eve listened and obeyed satan based on romans 6 verse 16 they gave themselves as servants to satan that's what it means in romans 6 verse 16 they yielded themselves to obey satan and they became servants of satan that's romans 6 verse 16 but now to be a subject of satan is different from being a subject or servant of god under satan you are a captive without choice but under God, you are a free moral agent with the ability to choose. Adam and Eve lost the ability to choose righteousness because under Satan's rule, they had no choice. But God in his mercy chose to intervene and restore this power of choice to man. He put enmity between man and Satan. Like we read in our devotion, that by some mysterious process, God will restore to man his lost power. What is that lost power? The power to choose. And this is the enmity. This is what that enmity does. That enmity that God puts supernaturally. This enmity, like I said just now, is not natural, but it's God who imposed it. We read it in the devotion too. But I just want to read again from Messages to Young People, page 51, paragraph 1. It tells us, Fallen man is Satan's lawful captive. The mission of Jesus Christ was to rescue him from his power. 
Man is naturally inclined to follow Satan's suggestions and he cannot of himself successfully resist so terrible a foe unless Christ the mighty conqueror dwells in him, guiding his desires and giving him strength. God alone, take note, not God and someone else, God alone can limit the power of Satan. He is going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down in it. He is not off his watch for a single moment through fear of losing an opportunity to destroy souls. It is important that God's people understand this, that they may escape his snares. End of quote. What is it that we are to understand? That it is God alone that can limit the power of Satan. Like I said, Satan took control of Adam and Eve completely after they yielded to him obedience. And it is because they listened to him, to, so because to whoever you listen to, whoever's instruction you are following, whoever is telling you what to do in whatever way in life, whether it's what to wear, what to eat, how to worship, whoever is telling you that is your God. And God himself acknowledges that. In the book of, in the book of Exodus 7, reading from verse 1 and 2, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that he send the children of Israel out of his land. End of quote. So what do we get from there? God said, Moses, you are a God to Pharaoh. Why? You are going to speak to, to Pharaoh and tell him to do what you say. And if Pharaoh does what Moses says, then Moses become, it becomes a God to Pharaoh. If the principle there is that whoever is telling us what to do is our God. So let's look at this enmity that God put between man and the serpent. What is the nature of this enmity and how does it play out in reality? Reading from Signs of the Times, July 11, 1895, from paragraph 3, we are told, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. From paragraph 4 now it says, This prophecy refers not only to the enmity between Christ and Satan, but also to the enmity that exists between the world and the followers of the world's Redeemer. Christ was the special one who should bruise the head of the serpent. But the prophecy also includes all those who shall overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. In the words addressed to the serpent is a delineation of the great unended conflict that has been waging in the world from the beginning of sin. The earth is the battlefield for the conflict and the result of the conflict, while it brings temporal loss upon the followers of Christ, will bring eternal ruin upon Satan, evil angels and evil men who unite with the enemy in the controversy against Christ. The Lord says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. The enmity does not exist as a natural fact. As soon as Adam sinned, he was in harmony with the first great apostate and at war with God. And if God had not interfered in man's behalf, Satan and man would have formed a confederacy against heaven and carried on united opposition against the God of hosts. There is no natural enmity between evil angels and evil men. Both are evil through 
transgression of the law of God. And evil will always league against good. Fallen man and fallen angels enter into a desperate companionship. The prophecy of enmity between the serpent and the seed of the woman was the first intimation that, that Satan had that God would provide a way of salvation for the fallen race. Satan had made his calculation that he would induce men to ally themselves with him as he had induced the angels. And by this desperate confederacy, he would not hesitate to war against heaven and seek to the throne the Lord of hosts. Amen. End of quote. So what we are seeing here is that this enmity is beyond what happens where the devil controls man, where our flesh is inclining towards evil. That is beyond that. Is the enmity is beyond what the Holy Spirit does to help us to say no to the clamors of the flesh. This enmity also includes the disagreement that will surely always exist between those who serve God and those who serve Him not, between those who keep the commandments of God and those who break it, between those who love the law of God and those who hate it, between those who worship Michael, Jesus Christ the Eternal Father, and those who choose to obey Satan, the great apostate. So, every day this enmity is playing on around us. And this is why the word of God says, Love not the world, neither the things of the world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. For if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And also in the book of James chapter 4, reading from verse 4, it says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So what is the world? Back to 1 John chapter 2 from verse 16. For this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and pride of life is of the world. And what is the lust of the flesh? When you go to the book of Galatians chapter 5, reading from verse 19, we see there what the lust of the flesh is. It just includes anything that's is the breaking of the commandments of God. That's what the lust of the flesh is. Uncleanness, lasciviousness, fornication, adultery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, rebellions, and such like. Anything that has to do with the breaking of the commandments of God, that is the lust of the flesh. And we cannot have enmity in our souls when we are friends of the world. We become enemies of God. Adam and Eve became enemies of God when they sinned. But God said, I will put enmity. That means I will give you the power to choose again, to choose righteousness so that you can become a friend of God and an enemy of the devil. But when we chase after the things of this world, when we allow the clamors of our flesh and the temptations of Satan to lead us to sin, we become lovers of the world and consequently haters and enemies of the truth and of God and we virtually are crucifiers of Jesus Christ. And this is the enmity that God wants to exist with us. He wants us to hate evil. That is the enmity to denounce Satan and sin and also to not have friendship with the world. That is the people who are in sin, people who break the commandments of God. You love the sinner and you hate the sin. 
You cannot be a lover of sin. Again, reading from the Spirit of Prophecy, Volume 4, page 324, paragraph 1, it says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. The divine sentence pronounced against Satan after the fall of man was also a prophecy, embracing all the ages to the close of time, and foreshadowing the great conflict to engage all the races of men who should live upon the earth. God declares, I will put enmity, and this enmity is not naturally entertained. And this is exactly what we read in our devotion, that there exists no natural enmity between man and Satan. So, the quote here is telling us what God does in our lives. I'll go down now. Spirit of Prophecy, Volume 4, page 325, paragraph 1 and 2. It says, Satan tempted man to sin, and as he had caused angels to rebel, that he might thus secure cooperation in his warfare against heaven. There was no dissension between himself and the fallen angels as regards their hatred of Christ. While on all other points there was discord, they were firmly united in opposing the authority of the ruler of the universe. But when Satan heard the declaration that enmity should exist between himself and the woman, and between his seed and her seed, he knew that his efforts to deprave human nature would be interrupted, that by some means man was to be enabled to resist his power. The grace that Christ implants in the soul creates the enmity against Satan. Without this converting grace and renewing power, man will continue the captive of Satan, a servant ever ready to do his bidding. But the new principle in the soul creates conflict where hitherto had been peace. The power which Christ imparts enables man to resist the tyrant and usurper. Whoever is seen to abhor sin instead of loving it, whoever resists and conquers those passions that have held sway within, displays the operation of a principle holy from above. Amen. And I want to stop here to say I want to thank God and praise his name for this divine enmity he put in us. Have you seen that to some degree, even without being taught, humans, babies, children, even when they are not told, they have some sense of what it is to do evil and they are not content with it. They tell lies and know that they are lying and know that it's not good to tell lies. They hide to take things that they know they are not supposed to take. They know when they have done wrong, something within a divine grace has been put within man that even though he may not be taught everything, he is conscious that there is something wrong about certain actions. He knows that he is not supposed to be doing certain things. And we thank God because he is the one that has made it possible for us to have this ability. Were it not to be for the divine enmity that God puts within us, we will have no hope. We will be hopeless subjects of Satan. And today, God wants us to embrace this enmity that he has put within us. We are told that it is only the grace of Christ. We read before that only the power of God can resist Satan. And we are also told that it is the grace of Christ that implants in the soul this enmity against Satan. When your conscience pricks you, thank God that it can prick you. When you, are, you, are, you know you are feeling uncomfortable with something that you did and it's not in harmony with the word of God, thank God because here he put enmity in the soul. It is now for us to build on that enmity. Knowing that we, we, we have some resistance towards evil, we can say no to evil. 
God has promised great things for us to deliver us from the power of Satan. Whatever struggle you may be having, the devil is the one who has implanted it. It is true that our nature is inclined naturally to evil. From the day we are born, we already run towards evil to transgress the law of God. We are not born sinners, but after we are born, there is an inclination to sin in man. In children, it is there. But God implanted this enmity and we praise his name. And he intends to do more than just implanting that enmity. The implanting of the enmity through the grace of Christ is not enough for man to be delivered. Man needs to cooperate with God for him to finish the work he has started. God has promised to do something beautiful in us. Jeremiah 31, reading from verse 31 to 34, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was an husband unto them, said the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, know the Lord. What are we studying that I may know him? Some of us are teaching each other to know the Lord. But God says a time is coming when I will not be here speaking on the microphone to teach you and tell you know the Lord because God is planning to do something beautiful to write his law. He says I will put before he said I will put enmity. This time he says I will put my law in their inward parts. Amen. And nobody will tell you know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them saith the Lord for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more amen Paul prayed that I may know him and the excellency of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord says yes and if we pray that prayer with Paul he will say yes I have a plan not just to put enmity between the woman and the serpent and between her seed not just for you to continually fight but for you to come to a point where nobody will tell you know the Lord the knowledge of God shall be so implanted in us, not just enmity, but the knowledge of God, which is the law of God, will be implanted in us, in our inward parts, that nobody will teach you to say, know the Lord. But God says that everyone will know him from the least to the greatest. God is loving. God is relentless and he does not give up easily. Amen. This is a lesson we learn from God to know the excellency of Jesus Christ. The excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it is to learn that God does not give up easily. He intervened on something that would have been normal for us to be under the control of Satan. But God said, no way. I will intervene. I will put enmity and I won't stop at that. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it on their hearts. Amen. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 tells us the purpose of Jesus coming. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. What was the work of the devil? He implanted in us a hatred of God through Adam and Eve. He implanted in man an inclination and a love for sin and that which is evil. He took control and possession of man. When Satan possesses, you have no choice, but God is relentless. God is powerful, God is loving and good and he said no way, I will not leave man under the control of Satan. You may be one person listening to me now who have lost complete control of yourself and you think there is no hope. 
listen to the word of God saying, I will put enmity. Build on that enmity because the Lord has put it in you. You may be struggling with one sin or the other. It may look to you like it is a hopeless case. You have tried and tried and it looks as if there is no hope. There is hope. God is not only planting enmity, but he wants to do more. He wants to put his law in your heart and he has not given up on you. Psalms 97 verse 10 says, He that love the Lord hate evil. He preserved the souls of his saints. He delivered them out of the hand of the wicked. Amen. We were in Satan's hands through Adam and Eve, but God delivered them. And if you are listening, hear this. The Lord has great plans. It's Ezekiel 36, reading from verse 24 to 29. He said, For I will take you from among the hidden and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land you may be addicted to one sin or the other whatever it is whether it is alcoholism or you are taking some kind of drugs that you know is destroying you or it may be lost and all kinds of sexual excesses or it may even be pride envy ambition self-exaltation selfishness and all the facets of it and you have understood your great need God promises you, I will take you, verse 25, Ezekiel 36, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them and ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and ye shall be my people and I will be your God. Amen. I will also save you from all your uncleanness. Amen. This is the promise of God to us today and if we will, we can take advantage of it. We are told in that I may know him, page 16, paragraph 5. Shall we not accept the enmity which Christ has placed between man and the serpent? We have a right to say, in the strength of Jesus Christ, I will be a conqueror. And that is what we can say today, that we can be conquerors. Romans 8, reading from verse 5, tells us what the Lord wants to do with us. The change that will take place when the new heart is given to us. The Holy Spirit must be given to us so that we can contend against the power of darkness. That I may know in page 16, paragraph 4. So Romans 8, verse 5 to 11 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. But to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So what does it mean for enmity not to be in the soul? It means you will not be subject to the law of God. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And also in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 and 16 telling us about the natural man and the spiritual man. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually descent. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Amen. 
God wants us not to be carnal, still controlled or by, by Satan. And if, you are, if we are carnal, we will not be subject to the law of God. But if we are spiritual, we will be subject. We will find Christ being in us and Christ in us will write the law in our hearts. No one eventually will have to say to us, know the Lord, because the Lord will teach us and we will grow in grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let us allow the divine enmity to work in us, that we may grow beyond just enmity and the struggle, but that the promise of the Lord will be fulfilled in our lives and that the Spirit of the Lord will be placed in us and He will cause us to walk in His statutes and overcome every sin. Let us pray. Our dear Father in heaven, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for how relentless you are. Thank you for going beyond what you should have done. You could have left man to perish under the hands of Satan. But you, in your love and mercy, chose to put this divine enmity in our souls. Thank you for the conscience. Thank you for the faculties of our minds that through your spirit you walk upon. Thank you for the promise that you have given and what you intend to do. We pray, Father, fulfill your promise in our lives. Write your law in our hearts. Cause us to walk in your statutes. Help us, Lord, to hate the evil and love the good, that we may be children of God indeed. If there is anyone who at this moment is taking this opportunity to recommit himself or take a step to see how they can get the victory over a lingering sin that has plagued their lives, which they want you to plant an enmity in their soul over that matter, Lord, please hear their cry. Hear the cry of men who are asking, Lord, deliver me from this habit. Lord, put enmity in my soul that I may hate the devil and sin, that I may be delivered from sin that has held me captive and is destroying me. If there is such a one praying right now and pleading and crying unto you, Lord, send forth your holy angels that excel in strength to wrest such a soul from the hands of the devil, to deliver them that they may be free. And I pray you keep them free. And I pray you educate them that they may have the knowledge of God, not just to cut off now, but to also remain free and remain cut off from the devil. Please save us, Father. Help us that we may have that enmity in our souls. In Jesus' name I prayed. Amen. message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to god and be ready for his imminent return for more information and free online resources please visit www.tawas.org that is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org